welcome to this uh, tech interview special, really. Uh, it's a show that I've put together based on uh, kind of the unprecedented situation that the world seems to have found itself in. Um, and, and when I talk about that, obviously, I mean the current COVID-19 virus threat uh, and how that's affecting both public health and the economy. Um, and I think one of the things is this show is really based around enterprise IT, and a lot of our listeners are IT professionals working in working enterprises, working in businesses, uh, and no doubt have some concerns about uh, how they're best to deal with this and, and some of the impacts on both themselves, their families, and of, and of course the businesses they're part of. Because you know the, the challenge that, that we're seeing right now is a challenge for both public health globally as well as economics globally and and in each and each and every country. Uh, and a big part Part of how we deal with this is to make sure that we've got good, robust business continuity planning. Um, and obviously, you know, maybe not many people have, have thought of continuity at this kind of scale for this kind of problem. Uh, so it's a very fluid and, and fast changing thing. But to, to help us to kind of pick through some of that and just to provide some ideas and some, some good tips of things that you should be thinking about inside your organization and how we maintain continuity, um, I'm joined by a returning guest to the show, uh, Steve Lambert of Viscon. Hi, hi, Steve. How are you doing? Hi, Paul. Thanks for inviting me on. No, I appreciate it. It's a busy time for you guys at the moment. And so so thanks for giving us a little bit of time to to share some of your experiences and, and some of your tips that's going on. But for, before we start, for people who've not heard you on the show before, uh, do you want to kind of introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what your background is? Yeah, Biscom Planning, uh, we're a business continuity consultancy. Uh, we actually deal with a, a variety, really, of different types of business. So uh, we've seen quite a, a quite a fair bit of change really within the organizations that we've been dealing with and the different impacts that they have. Uh, Biscon's been going since about 2001 uh, as an organization. Uh, we are, I would say, probably a micro business, but we, we offer a bespoke service to our customers in terms of business continuity uh, from writing plans, training staff, running supplier audits in terms of uh, what the, the impact of loss of their key suppliers would have. Uh, running scenario-based exercises, whether they be tabletop exercise, uh, exercises or live exercises. Uh, and we've got a few clients who we've assisted get going to the business continuity standard ISO 22301. So um, well, you talked in there, Steve, actually, about you've done, the, you know, and we've worked together on some of these things in the past of those kind of scenarios uh, where you're helping companies deal with continuity incidents and, and kind of finding out about their readiness. So I've got to ask before we start, have you ever done global pandemic as a uh, as a consultate as, as an exercise? Uh, we have done pandemics as an exercise before. Uh, I, I think having seen this real in real life now, it, it, it's probably uh, the impacts are slightly different. We're seeing uh, whole cities being shut down and going on lockdown, really. So it's having a massive impact. So it's something that we, we, we've foreseen, but possibly not to the same degree as it actually is now. Yeah, and I, th I think it's fair to say, and I think it's fair to reiterate as well that these are unprecedented times, and you know, and, and whatever we're seeing from governments and health organisations around the world, I think it's all pretty uncharted territory for everybody. So, um, but you know, we've still got businesses and organisations that we're a part of that we're we're trying to maintain some level of operation. So, uh, really, which is why I, I wanted to get you on to maybe share some some tips and advice and and how people be able to do that. So, so why don't we start there? So, so what are some of the core things that um, organisations should be thinking of right now uh, if they've uh, you know and double checking if they've got them in place or if they haven't got them in place what, what do they need to be putting in place quickly i think there's i mean some organizations will have more uh, business continuity planning than others uh, 
there are a variety of different plans that you may well have in place, either be in business continuity, incident management, crisis communications, because communications is a big part of crises, really. Uh, some organisations may have a bespoke pandemic response plan, but also IT disaster recovery plans play a part in it as well, because if staff are working more remotely, then there is an impact on whether KISS is available, whether security uh, in terms of the VPN systems and whether there's enough licences in place so that people can uh, work in an agile way, whether that be from home or whether that be from uh, another uh, nearby location. So I think there's already some good tips in there in terms of, because it's certainly something that we've seen over the last couple of weeks has been suddenly IT at scale in ways that people have not really thought about it before. So, yeah, I mean, touch on things like VPN, for example, and that's something that we've seen organizations who have a VPN so that their users can securely communicate with internal systems, but actually have never tested at this level of stress before where suddenly they've gone from five users kind of on and off occasionally to 500 users consistently wanting to access that and and they've seen some some real issues around that so um yeah so, so i mean straight away that's that's something in in terms of technology and licensing is also another another problem that sometimes doesn't quite kind of get thought about so um so yeah so so and what what are the kind of things you're seeing steve well, I mean, just sticking on the uh, the IT side of things, I mean, it's availability of KISS. Uh, a lot of people are still working on their thin clients in their offices, so you don't necessarily have a, a unit that they could take home, such as a laptop, etc. So availability of those. Uh, and we have seen a number of our clients increasing uh, the capacity in terms of uh, that kit uh, and making sure people are trained in it and can physically log on from home because some of them might have a, a poor internet connectivity. Uh, they've never tested it before. For, as you say, uh, I, I think that's it from a, an IT perspective. But it's also the, uh, the sort of like the human resource side of things in terms of staff. Uh, do they have care of responsibilities, uh, whether that be for children, it might be elderly relatives, uh, and and how that would actually work in terms of if people are asked to start working remotely, can they actually physically do that if uh, if they've got young children to look after? Yeah, and I, th- and I think that kind of because um, one of the things that we've seen as a company that you know we, we've been a company that has always worked um, worked from an office. You know, some of us are more used to remote working than others, um, and, and that's I think something that we've seen. You know, it's it's that kind of have I got a setup at home that allows me to you know, and I'm fortunate that I do, but you know, have we got a setup at home that allows me to effectively work? What are some of the things that I might have going on in the background? Like you said, you know, am I a carer? Have I got as as certainly we're seeing around the world, and and it's going to follow very shortly in in England and which is going to catch up with the rest of the UK in terms of schools being shut. So we've now got kids running around and things like, have I got Wi-Fi at home? Have I got decent bandwidth to connect to the office? You know, does my IT infrastructure work at home in, in the way way I would have thought? Um, and you've also kind of got that, on, on again, kind of unprecedented area of, expecting uh, trying to do a job when that's not something you've ever been used to doing you know and that that kind of uh, one great phrase I've had a colleague say to me over over the last couple of days is that they're institutionalized in the idea of going into the office uh, and that's the way they expect to work and suddenly this idea of working from home is a is a huge adjustment for them you know and, I mean it's the ways that cus uh, you know businesses and, and enterprises can can help their staff to to make that adjustment I, th- I think it's keeping in communication with the staff on a day-to-day basis not all staff will have the ability to work from home because of various issues really uh, but just making sure that the staff are okay or they're safe uh, certainly if they start to take ill and have to self-isolate somebody needs to make sure and uh, that they are still okay 
Uh, and at what point can they, they physically go back into work uh, if they have uh, had the virus uh, and then recover from it? Uh, how soon can they get back to, uh, to, to work? And communication always plays a big part in these types of incidents on how you're going to communicate, who you're going to communicate with, uh, and, and, and what tools and what messages you're going to be putting out there. Yeah, and I, and I think that kind of, uh, it, it was something we talked about before we started it, uh, recording, was that idea of communication. You know, I think that's that's hugely important, uh, not, not only communicating with your staff, but also with your customers, with your suppliers. So have you, have you got any tips about good ways of communicating, the, the kind of messages that perhaps you should be sharing? I think the more methods of communication uh, that you've got, really, the, the better from an organisational point of view. Uh, we've seen earlier on this week that the, the mobile network uh, started to struggle a little bit because the amount of people uh, logging on remotely uh, is having an impact and I think it also affected uh, likes of uh, Microsoft Teams and Skype so the more methods of communication that you've got the more likelihood that you're going to be able to get that message out there sometimes uh, communications is quite simple housing associations for for example might just put a, a poster on the, the door of their uh, reception area saying we're closed uh, and Put, point them in the right direction for the, the websites, etc. So websites, again, is a good way of uh, passing on information. Uh, we've also seen a, a, a significant increase in the use of social media uh, and various tools such as WhatsApp for communicating with people because it's outside of their more normal IT network. Uh, so if the IT systems do struggle, then uh, they can actually continue. But there's also third-party tools such as BT Meet Me, Pow Wow Now, Ascendex F24, there's, there's quite a, a number of tools out there uh, and it's worthwhile having a look at them that uh, if you lose access to your primary IT systems, how are you as an organisation going to be uh, able to continue? Yeah, and I think that um, that kind of thing about communication as well, you know, and it's interesting that you talked about kind of putting posters up, you know, in, in maybe in a, you know, if you're in a care home or your housing association, kind of that idea of putting posters on the wall. Because I think for, for lots of us, we work in that IT bubble where all we think about is the technology solution to a, to a problem. But actually, sometimes it's about the right communication for your audience. So if your audience may not be necessarily online or may not be using technology day to day, obvious and clear statements like that um you know seem like a really good tip uh, and, and probably around bigger organizations as well you know just that kind of general advice on on how people should be working and there's something you said earlier on that uh, uh, kind of caught my attention because i think at the moment certainly here in the uk you know we're, we're not we're fortunate enough not to be in a situation just yet at least where we're we're fully locked down and actually that idea that we're all talking about that we should all be working from home i think you said something before about um the importance of flexible working as opposed to dictating where somebody should be you know is that is that an important part of of this kind of continuity program for people that they should be looking at flexibility around how they approach this so flexibility if their staff do start to show signs and need to self-isolate but also flexibility that if they don't have an environment at home that, that you give them some way of working yeah, there certainly does need to be that degree of flexibility. We've seen different ways of uh, organisations working. Uh, some organisations have actually gone to a colour coding system where they might uh, have half the staff as a, like a, a blue code coming in one day and then the following day be a red code. So that you've got that sort of like distance in between staff and you're not putting all your eggs in one basket, should we say. But there does need to be a, a degree of flexibility from each of the employers uh, because people are having different issues in terms of 
they might be ill themselves, they might be have childcare issues or looking after elderly relatives. They might physically not be able to get into the office because the, the public transport goes down, goes down. So again, there the, the needs to be that uh, degree of flexibility and organisations need to look at what are the human resource policies in place that they've got in place and how are they going to fit this particular type of uh, incident that we're suffering at the moment. Yeah, and I do believe that that kind of idea of flexibility, you know, the more flexible a company can be, I feel that the more likely they are to be able to find a way of, of working through, the, you know, say, which is completely unprecedented for pretty well, for certainly for all of us, I, I would think. Um, and the idea of that period of adjustment where we kind of get used to what's going to be the, the new normal for a little while. Um, and I think the more flexible that the, an organization can be, be the better. And clearly not all organizations can have everybody working from home, as you was talking about before. Some organizations are having to make, you know, if you're a manufacturing company, for example, it's, it's very hard to do welding in the kitchen. You know, it's the, the idea that I'm going to still need to be somewhere to, to do my bit of uh, manufacturing. But um, I, I mean, one, one of the other things that, um, I think it's interesting in this space and it's certainly something that we've seen, um, you know, in terms of emails coming into us as a business is the idea of your supply chain, you know. So uh, have you got any plans or any ideas and tips for, for people about dealing with and, and understanding issues from their suppliers as well as them supplying some of their customers? I, I think it's looking at your suppliers and we have uh, carried out a supplier audits in the past on for a number of our customers and looking at uh, do they have their own business continuity plans in place in terms of maintaining supply to those organizations i mean a number of the organizations that we deal with are uh, in terms of social housing so they have a number of extra extra care schemes uh, and they do need to keep their supplies going and they do need to maintain it because they, they, they're not in the, the comfort zone where they can actually send people home they still need to get their staff into place and they need to get resources in, whether that be food, whether it be cleaning materials, uh, medication, etc. certainly medication for them, uh, and maintaining that supply chain. But looking at your suppliers, and, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, we, we saw like Jaguar Land Rover was struggling with parts from China. So it's looking at alternative ways of getting those supplies in or alternative suppliers, really, uh, and just thinking, what is critical, critical to them as an organisation? Uh, and can they get that source from anywhere else in the event of their primary suppliers going down? So, so I think so. I, you know, the, I think there's you know lot, lots of good ideas we've we've kind of explored there. So, so something that, that interests me right now though is, is about what about if I'm listening to this? What what are some of the you know I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, well, have I covered all of the areas of continuity I should be thinking about? Now, I've thought about my suppliers, I've thought about my staff, I've thought about my customers, I've thought about my locations. From your experience, and I appreciate it's still really early on in in kind of what what, what we're dealing with. But from your experience, is there any areas that you're seeing that businesses are missing? You know, something they're not really thinking about that's like you know either you're having to point out to them or is likely to catch them uh, catch them unexpectedly in the future i think certainly from our customers point of view they, they have been uh, very proactive and i've not come across anywhere that uh that, that they've not really considered uh, they are already starting to look at if there's a total lockdown in terms of uh the way it's happening abroad is what the impacts are of that is on their services uh, but I, I think there's not necessarily something that we we haven't thought of. Uh, we have seen today that the, the governments have actually uh, lowered the interest rate to uh, help the economy. So that is, is going to have some uh, source for uh, organisations. Probably one area that uh, organisations have struggled in, is in terms of their insurance cover. 
because although summer do have uh, cover for pandemics, uh, not mo most of them don't tend to have that in place. So they are struggling now. Uh, we've seen airline organisations uh, going into uh, struggling uh, because people are not flying at the moment. So I, th I think it's a, it's all these different things that add up to the bigger impact really on the, on organisations. And in terms of kind of the um, you know fluidity of the situation, because it's a it's a rapidly changing problem. You know, it's 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 unclear how long we're we're going to see some of the restrictions are in place on you know social mobility, um, and, and obviously in some countries and some of our listeners are you know not not all of our listeners are UK based by any stretch of the imagination. For for some of them in other countries, they're under more restrictions. We are here in the UK, um, you know it. it I'm guessing it's crucial that people keep up to date with kind of their local governmental advice because the, the situation is changing uh, so so rapidly. Um, I mean, is there any tips that you can provide in in that way? Uh, I think it's it's mainly monitoring the uh, the key websites, uh, i.e., NHS, Public Health England, World Health Organization, central government. The BBC News are putting uh, their news reports out on a regular basis, and the information on those uh, the BBC News is all coming from central government and from those uh, health advisors, etc. So monitoring that on a day to day basis. I've actually written documentations recently, and as fast as I wrote them, they started to go out of days because of the change in nature uh, of uh, the way that the, the central governments uh, are doing things, which is, which is good, really. But uh, it's a case of monitoring it uh, and, and just keeping up to date with what's happening. Yeah, and I, and I suppose because cause the situation is changing as quickly as it is as well, is that while you have a continuity plan in place and maybe it's something that you've just started to build over the, the last week or it's something, you know, maybe, as you said, you've already kind of had that uh, pandemic uh, continuity plan in place. I, I'm, I'm guessing a, a useful tip, though, is don't be afraid to change it because obviously the situation is so unique and, and changing so rapidly that I'm guessing a lot of these plans need to need to be as fluid as the situation is. It, it, it is. And we, we've actually been advising our uh, cl uh, clients is that uh, they have regular incident management team meetings or pandemic working group meetings, however they want to play it within the organisation, and have them on a daily basis so that they can then capture the information first thing in the morning to come out from central government, any changes that are taking place. Uh, but they are, uh, can also uh, call uh, meetings partway through the day. And we've seen a lot more organisations communicating through like some Microsoft Teams and Skype uh, because they've actually invoked their agile working arrangements and a lot of offices have closed down. Yeah, and I think that kind of regular uh, team briefing has been something that certainly we've seen as an organisation. You know, we're, we're a relatively small company, uh, the, the, you know, um, as a consultancy business. But I think one of the things that we've learned straight away is actually the value, and it's Microsoft Teams in this case, but obviously other tools, you know, Slack, Zoom, et cetera, other tools are available for doing this. But in our case, we've started to put in place this kind of daily kind of kickoff to the day where we're having a team's meeting and it's really just a check of what are you up to today is there anything you need help with is you know are you, are you communicating working remotely comfortably enough is are all the facilities working in the way that you need them to be and i think also the idea and, and one of the tips i, I picked this up from something i heard a, a week or so ago actually if you've got those kind of video facilities to use them so people can see each other um, you know, and, and it's it's almost giving you a bit more of a personal experience. So, so I think that sounds like a 
you know a really good tip and I, and I think the importance of that communication for because for, for lots of organizations that people aren't used to suddenly that isolation of working away from from everybody else so when um, well look Steve as we, as we kind of wrap up to appreciate how busy you are with a, you know a global pandemic um, I suppose all pandemics are global aren't they but with a, a pandemic running rife uh, it's, it's no doubt keeping you on your toes so um, but but as we wrap up you know if, if you had maybe two or three tips for for people listening to this who are concerned about whether their own continuity plans are robust enough to deal with this or whether they're doing the right thing have you got maybe two or three tips of things that they should be considering should be thinking about I think certainly uh, do that uh, daily catch up with your staff, making sure you know what's on top of things. What is critical today that uh, you need to continue or what can you put off till next week, really? That's not so important. If we take, for instance, from a finance perspective, uh, payroll is not key today if it's not due to be run till the end of next week. Uh, So these things, it's identifying what is critical on a day-to-day basis uh, and managing that. Uh, making sure you're maintaining communication with your staff uh, and keep monitoring the, the situation on the websites uh, or on the news in terms of what those changes are on a day-to-day basis. I think finally after after that, I mean, once this is all over and done with, is make sure that you capture all that information as you're going through this incident uh, and doing a structured debrief afterwards to say what worked well what didn't work so well, what changes as an organisation that you need to make going forward. Well, well, that's great stuff, Steve. And uh, I think obviously for people listening to this, if they're, you know, if, you, if you've got some places they can look for, I know we talked before about certainly in the UK, UK government sites, NHS, um, and, and obviously your kind of local equivalent, wherever you're listening to this show. Um, but have, have you got any other tips of uh, resources, maybe that the BISCON are making available to people um, or, or, or other areas people can go for kind of advice and, and resources that may help them with their continuity planning? I mean, certainly organisations can uh, contact BISCON if they need some advice on anything. It takes it costs nothing to have a telephone call or a conversation with people. Uh, but also look at like so the Business Continuity Institute website. Uh, there's a lot of information out there on the internet, but you need to be careful that some of it is not necessarily true and it's not necessarily helpful. So it's making sure that you pick up on what, what is right out there. But certainly uh, there are a lot of organisations out there, emergency planning society, etc. Then have a look at their sites and see what they're putting out. I think the idea that not all information on the internet is necessarily accurate or true uh, is is no doubt stunning information to everybody because because we thought if it was on Facebook it must be true. <laughs> so, um, so, so, yeah. so if nothing else, there's a top tip. So um, well, look, Steve. If um, you, I mean you mentioned before, feeling free to contact Biscon if if you've got questions. Um, what, what's a good way to find you? Uh, social media, uh, email, or, or or a good way of contacting yourself or Biscon. Yeah, if they have a look at our website, it's www.biscon.co.uk. Uh, they can email us at info at biscon.co.uk, and that's biscon, B-I-S-C-O-N. Or they can ring us, uh, the telephone number's on the website, so they give us a call, we'll have a conversation with them, and then we can take it from there. Yeah, and, and I think, I, I mean, I'll, I'll add to that. Uh, obviously, we, you know, we, we've worked closely uh, in, in a professional capacity, not just podcasting. Um, you know, so if people want to contact me, obviously, they know the podcast address. They can email podcast at techstringy.com. They know where I'm on social media. Um, but also my, my work email, if, you, if you've got questions around some of the things Steve's talked about or how to get in touch with them or whether there's kind of IT continuity questions you've got, you can always email me at uh, pauless at gardenersystems.co.uk. So, um, so Steve, look, thanks. Thanks for uh, spending a little bit of time with us. Appreciate it. I say this is a really busy time for you. I'll make sure all that information goes in the show notes. And uh, 
maybe we'll be catching up a, a little bit soon because um, you know obviously this is such a such a fluid uh, fluid situation we find us in. But for now, Steve, thanks for sharing those tips. Really appreciate you coming on and uh, speak soon. Thanks very much, Paul, and stay safe, everybody. I hope you found that useful um, and I'd like to thank Steve and the team over at Biscon for joining us at short notice uh, to share some of those thoughts, experiences and some of the advice on dealing with what is an unprecedented situation that we find ourselves in. Over the next few weeks we're going to try and run some more shows looking at ways that we can use technology to keep our enterprises functioning uh, and, and try and find ways of, of working through these unprecedented times the, the best that we can. So to catch those shows, uh, why not subscribe? You can find us on all the usual homes of podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. Um, and you can find show notes for this show as well as previous episodes over at techstringy.com. So until next time, keep yourself safe, keep yourself healthy and thanks for listening. Thank you.